The Soccer Gambling Podcast is presented by Winbet. Winbet is now live in Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Louisiana, Michigan, New Jersey, New York, Tennessee, and Virginia. From boosted same-game parlays to live in-game odds on every major sport, Winbet has what you need to win. Sign up today and bet $100 to get a $100 free bet at sportsgallonpodcast.com slash winbet. That's sportsgallonpodcast.com slash W-Y-N-N-B-E-T. We're also brought to you by the SGPN Merch Store. Use the promo code NFCBEAST for 15% off, active until the Eagles or the Giants lose their next game. And finally, make sure you enter our World Series Prop Contest. The winner gets $200 cash and a $200 SGPN gift card. Enter today exclusively on the SGPN app. Casemiro, working with Fernandez, working with Ericsson. Kept uh, Shaw into a good position to have a go. He's upped his goal output over the last couple of seasons. Well, they just backed off him and backed off him. And as they keep dropping off, he just thinks, well, what a crack. Bruno Fernandez, Ericsson, they've got plenty of players who can pass through that area. Manchester United, Shaw, behind Bruno Fernandez. Shot from Anthony, it's a good one. That uh, left foot coming from the right-hand side, he got pretty central for that effort and turned aside by Arisa Balaga. And it was going just wide, but had to deal with it, Kepa. There's Casemiro. Fernandez for Rashford, chance for Manchester United, blocked by... Arisa Balaga, that's the kind of keeping Kepa's been doing. United just again, pitching it in midfield, Ericsson, Casemiro and Fernandez all involved, but he's out quickly, the goalkeeper. Towards Sterling, Tinder's diving in. They're right on half-time, the chance for the first goal, and goodness me, Anthony could use his right foot then should do better should at least hit the target he just slices it Thiago Silva still a menace in set piece situations oh he's gone to the ground and then Chalabar coming in behind him well, Chalabar had isolated Ericsson on the earlier corners and now Fred's come on huge height advantage Troy's been grabbed
You are listening to BetMUFC on the Soccer Gambling Podcast. You can follow BetMUFC on Twitter. It's at BetMUFC. That's at BetMUFC. You can follow the Soccer Gambling Podcast on Twitter. It's at SGP Soccer. That's at SGP Soccer. You can follow the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. They are at the SGP Network. That's at the SGP Network. And finally, follow me on Twitter at LockBetting.com. That's at LockBetting.com. What you didn't get from that audio was the fact that that was Casemiro's goal, not Scott McTominay. Scott McTominay was only responsible for us conceding a goal, although that was a harsh penalty given against United. United can't seem to be given penalties. They should have been given numerous penalties at home to Newcastle. Yet this one is given for a minor bit of contact in the box. It's inconsistent what we've seen since, and it's inconsistent what we've seen leading up to it. Because if that's a penalty, and I'm not saying it's not a penalty, but I'm saying if it's a penalty, then there should be four or five penalties given per game because box contact happens all of the time for set pieces. And that was nothing different to what we usually see. And it was extremely harsh for that to be given as a penalty. As for the equaliser, that pretty much sums up what Casemiro has done since he's come into the team. We thought we were buying a very, very good defensive midfield player, and we were, but we're getting so much more. He joins in with the attacks. His range of passing is absolutely excellent. He's always in the right position. He gets into position to score goals. He's had plenty of shots since he's got here, and that capped everything off by scoring this header, and not just any old goal, a goal that got us a point and kept us undefeated since the loss against Manchester City. A very, very important goal. Also, what you didn't get in the audio clip is what it meant to him, this celebration by Casemiro and all of the other players joining in. This team seems completely united at this point, and uh, we will look to move forward with these players, except one. That one, of course, is Cristiano Ronaldo, who stole all of the headlines in midweek, his picture was plastered everywhere for his goal and his goal celebration in a 3-0 win against Sheriff. We'll talk more about that in the Europa League show in midweek as we assess what Manchester United need to do to win this group to avoid playing a playoff against a Champions League third-place team. But Ronaldo was was absolutely awful in that game. He was never in the right position when he was. He missed chances. His goal was essentially a tap-in, but he continues to change the way that we play. One player changes everything that we do in the games that we play better. And essentially, when the ball goes up to Ronaldo, his first instinct is to try and turn. And as soon as he hits heavy traffic, he decides then to play the ball back or play the ball wide meaning that all of the defence that we may have cut open with our fast-moving passing is back in position awaiting a cross, and ultimately that cross then goes in, and it goes in towards Ronaldo. This is what happens all of the time. The whole point of moving the ball fast and up the pitch and passing and moving and, and playing this type of way is to create spaces for your players to move into and create goal opportunities for them. Now, Marcus Rashford, when he plays, he receives some heavy criticism for missing chances, but he puts himself in the position to miss chances. Ronaldo isn't even really missing chances now. That was a problem towards the end of last season 
where Ronaldo was missing chances that he wouldn't usually miss. Now Ronaldo's not even in that position. He's like a mannequin. Marcus Rashford's getting into those positions, but he's not scoring goals. And that's leading pundits to say things like, oh, well, if Ronaldo had played, he would have scored that. If Ronaldo had played, he would have scored this. Or Ronaldo wouldn't be there. And what's really annoying me is the fact that ex-Man United players, specifically ones that were friends of Ronaldo, and this includes Roy Keane, it's always been Rio Ferdinand who's been banging the drum, but this time it was Roy Keane. They're pushing for Ronaldo to play like he's entitled to a starting space. How can players who played the game not see that he stylistically completely changes the way they play? I mean, Gary Neville pointed out, and Roy Keane argued against it. And I guess this kind of tells you why Roy Keane's not a manager. It's either that or people are just coming out there and blindly standing up for their more popular friend. We've got Piers Morgan, an absolute dickhead, who we all know he's a dickhead, um, going on to Twitter and saying that Ronaldo has to play and that Eric Ten Hag is a piece of shit for embarrassing Cristiano Ronaldo. And I even saw one comment that said that Ten Hag was being disrespectful and he needs to realise that in five years' time, no Manchester United fan would remember him, but they'll always remember Cristiano Ronaldo. This is fucking bullshit. Like, these comments are absolute bullshit. I don't understand how this is being said. You can clearly see the results and the style of play and everything involving Manchester United is better at the moment when Cristiano Ronaldo is not on the pitch. The media circus doesn't revolve around the other players. It revolves around Cristiano Ronaldo. Everything he does is under a magnifying glass when this club is trying to move away from off-field activities being under the magnifying glass. We're trying to emphasise our performances on the pitch and improve them, and we are, as long as he's not on the pitch. None of the other players walked out when we beat Tottenham 2-0, but the story was about Ronaldo walking out instead of the fact we absolutely destroyed a team who are challenging for the top four in Tottenham. And that's to add to the fact that we've already destroyed Arsenal and Liverpool at home, beating three teams who are supposed to be in the top four. I mean, Liverpool is supposed to be title contenders and we've beaten them all at Old Trafford and we've beaten them all relatively convincingly, especially Tottenham and especially that first half against Liverpool. So we're going to listen to what was a balanced debate because Gary Neville seems like the only person who seems to know what's going on. He doesn't um, heavily criticise Ronaldo, but he does say at the moment Ronaldo doesn't fit into this team and perhaps it's better for everyone to move on. And the resistance is coming from Roy Keane, who I didn't have down as someone who would um, not tell the truth. But Roy Keane is clearly out there blindly batting for his friend Cristiano Ronaldo. And I don't know what a friendship to Ronaldo means to these guys. Obviously, they played with him when he was establishing himself as the best player in the world. But he's gone on to win Ballon d'Or after Ballon d'Or after Ballon d'Or with Real Madrid. Is it the fact that even these players, even at the level that they've played at, are starstruck by the fact that one of their mates went on to be a multi-time Ballon d'Or winner and is in the conversation to be the GOAT. Are they actually starstruck by that? Does their friendship to Ronaldo mean so much to them that they can turn around and say, oh, he's my friend, he's my friend, he's my friend. Like, I don't get what this is, but for the first time in my life, and I've never said this before, I actually lost a lot of respect for Roy Keane. Um, let's have a listen to the clip that I'm talking about here. So I think you've got to sit on the bench and make sure that you're in that dressing room at the end. You shake the players' hands and then you have it out with the manager separately. 
So for me, it's not about Eric Ten Hag. Eric Ten Hag was left with no other choice. But the players in the dressing room, I feel, had to have some action against him because he wasn't there for them. And like you say, many times Cristiano Ronaldo's been on the pitch where he's been scoring goals, sensational player, one of the greatest of all time, if not the greatest of all time. And lots of players have had to sit on that bench and watch him. It's now his turn. And your career's like a mountain. At the very beginning, you come in, you get a few games, then you come out the team, then you get in, and then you get to the top of the mountain, you're in for about 10 years. And then you come down the other side and you've got to accept whether you have to play for a big club and you accept less games, happens to everybody, or you go to a He's lesser that, or you go to a lesser club and you play all the time. And Cristiano Ronaldo is going to have to go, I think, to somewhere else that's going to play him every week because he can't accept being on the bench. And that's fine, but I think end it this week or create a truce to get to the World Cup and then end it because it has to end, it has to end this. Because Cristiano's not doing himself any favours. That's not him. That's not the professional of Cristiano Ronaldo leaving the changing room before the players have got in. That's not what he does. But he's doing that now. And when you start doing things like that, you've probably got to leave. There's players, Gary, at Man United done a lot worse than what he's done. In the, in, in the current moment. Gary, where do you want me to get started? You know Paul Scholes. Scholes is a great lad. No, no, no let me finish. Scholes, he refused to play a match for Man United. I know he did. What did we say to Scholes that time? We said nothing to him. He was, he, he, not he, he was fine two weeks' wages. Right. And Ronaldo will be fine for this. Oh, yes, we've had his way banned. We offered him a drugs test. He got banned for eight months. I'm not. I'm not I'm Can't. Not, no, no. no the, 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 but, but, his, but, you're saying as if he was banned for six months. Of course, he's not the same as. Uh, yeah. And whose fault was that? That the club's fault or his well, teammates? You don't fault. think Cristiano Ronaldo should be punished this week? Yeah, he dead right. Yeah. But we're yeah, saying he's like, all but you're saying he's been, he can't deal with being a sub. He was leading goals. No, but he's, he's right though. He can't be dealing with this. Uh, as Roy, being a sub. He can't be dealing with this. He doesn't want to play every game. He doesn't want to be a sub. They played Man City a few weeks ago. There's six. It could have been 16. The manager after the game says, "I'm not bringing him on. I'm not bringing him on because he didn't want to disrespect Roy, him." He goes to Everton a few weeks. He goes to Everton a week later. He comes on after half an hour. Manchester score a goal. He's playing against Newcastle a few days later. There's no Manchester United fan at this moment. There aren't many who would have Cristiano Ronaldo in the starting eleven. I couldn't care less what fans think. I couldn't care less. A lot of fans haven't got a clue what's going on. Right, right. They're better better without him. They score more goals without him. And they win more points without him. That's a fact. He's coming to the end of his career. Manchester United are a better team without him, Roy. He's just got to get used to that or leave. That's fine. But I think if you feel you've been treated unfairly, which he obviously thinks, and there's arguments for and against, I'm not saying Man United are going to have Do you think he's been treated unfairly? Why has he been treated unfairly? I think he probably feels that. But do you think he is being treated I, right, well, right, yeah. right, I heard you before the game, right? I, I have to say, your mentality, Cristiano's mentality is a unique mentality. I have to say, it's a unique mentality. You're fiercely competitive. That mentality is such that basically you have to play. You cannot be on the bench watching us because of what you've done in your careers and how great you were as players. That's just your mentality. But for normal folk, normal players... That is not what you do. Go out and leave your changing room before the players have got off the pitch. You, you can't do that. You keep, t- you, you keep talking about Man United being a way better without Ronaldo. Yeah. Let's look at the start of the season, what he's in above. He didn't play against Man City. There's games where United... Do you, you don't think they're better without him? Today. Do you don't think they're better without him? I think he's... Come on. In the start of the level? No, I wouldn't say that. I think they're better without him, right? I think they can't they carry him. Would they, you they hang your hat more so on even Rashford they can't or Ronaldo carry even now? The Roy, reason, Roy, the stats when Ronaldo proved. came to Man United when he was 70 years of age, we loved him. We loved everything about him because he wanted to be the best, right? Simple as that. And he had his critics then because he was going over quickly and end product and all this. 
What I love about Rolando now, he's 37. And I'm not saying what he's done in the last few weeks is getting a thumbs up far from him. But he's obviously had enough. But Roy, he snapped. Ronaldo's 37. He still wants to be the best in the world. That's why I admire him. I see players. Yeah, we okay, okay. We, we, but Roy, we see their week in week. We see their week in week. Hold on, hold on. One thing to be the best. Roy Keane, the manager, would have to deal with him. He'd have to deal with him. One thing to be the best. He's feeling Anthony, there's players at Man United. Anthony went on strike for Ajax a few months ago to get to Man United. Dan Hag, the manager, who's saying it's all about the this, this spirit, which he's mentioned a few times and it's interviewed. It's all about the spirit and the but group. Hag's he not mentioned... But Ten Hag's not criticised him. He's actually handled it really well. He's been calm with it. Ten Hag's not come out and stitched him up and said he's out of order. He said, I've spoken about Cristiano enough. He's talking about the spirit after the game. That's, that, do you not think that's a message to Ronaldo? Dan Hag announced he was leaving Ajax right, I watched a month ago. Cristiano, I'm Cristiano last season. He's trying to fight for league titles. Cristiano last season, he walked off against Everton having been left out by Ole in one of his first games, shaking his head at the, head at the, at the end of the game. He was doing that to Rashford and all that with the body language. He knows what he's doing, Cristiano. He's an experienced player. And players of that power... What are players doing? But players of that power, they have a really negative... What are players doing? But they have a really negative influence on the others when they do it. I'd be worried if he was happy to be taken off. Not happy to the influence they have on other players is really negative because of the power that they have. They're in an influential position. I love well, him to bits, not today because Fernandes, the manager, said the spirit is great. I love, is great. I love Cristiano to bits, but you can't defend him leaving the I'm ground not saying, twice. I'm not saying, of course not. And there was other players left. And they will get punished. Like, we were in a dressing with players. You get punished if you yeah, make a mistake, that. of course. No, we were. That's part of his. But he gives you something back. Right. We sit every week. But he doesn't give enough players. back. He doesn't give oh, enough Jimmy. back at the moment. No, he does not give enough back at the moment. He doesn't. He scores a goal every two games. It, it, he scores a goal every two games for Man United. He doesn't. He, he doesn't. Does. Do you want the stats? Yeah, but he scores a goal every two but games. But they lose games with him. They, they, they can't carry him. They right. can't carry him. against Man City. They can't carry him. They lost to Brighton. Yeah, they always go on to the world did you see the comments from Bonucci and um, Chiellini yeah. at Juventus when they left? Yeah. They're two yeah. great pros. Right. Well, who says they're great no, pros? They have you been in the dressing room with them? No, but Roy, they've been top players for 20 years. You've won lots of trophies, right? So what? The same thing's happening again at Manchester United. Where? Cristiano. We know him. We love him. But he can't accept not being the star man in Manchester United's team. So he's going to have to leave. That's it. That's all it is. He can leave, and he should have left in August, and hopefully leave in January. I, agree. I hope he leaves next week, shaky. so they can but shake hands. Leave next week, can no, but I hope he leaves next week and says to the club, "Thank you very much," and the club say to him, "Thank you very much," and go and get finds a new club because I'd like to go and see him play till he's forty-two, scoring goals, scoring a thousand goals. How much would you play him at Manchester United right now? Well, if he's doing the business, which he did last year in a bad Man United team. And of course, he's missed pre-season. That's a huge effect on a player. No matter what age you are, if you missed all the pre-season, you couldn't get up to speed. But I still feel Ronaldo, and he doesn't have to play every game. Of course he's not. But, but he won't settle with that. He won't settle well, with that. I don't think that he will settle with that. Well, you he's he's only thinking he's 75 of the game. And I'm a big Ronaldo lover. The manager has every right to pick a team. We all love Ronaldo. What's it about Den Haag? Obviously, he's got big decisions. He's got to win football matches. Well, he's not winning enough from Man United are fifth in the league. They beat Spurs the other night. I thought they'd... I thought they'd won the European Cup. They beat Spurs. They beat Spurs last year, but in Ireland they got a hat-trick. If you have a striker scoring a goal every two games, I don't care what age he is, I think you'll do for Roy, me. look, to be fair, he's in a team... Scoring goals, that sounds really crazy, is the most important thing in a football team, but you can be a better team without players who are just goal scorers. You can be. That's happened time and time again. It doesn't happen that often, eh? I'm, no. I'm <laughs>
you, doesn't you, happen you, that often. You didn't run a lot either. No, I didn't mean to. I had, I had really good players you, around you, you me. Know, that, you know that what I mean there. Me sometimes you have to run around. And that's you, the problem. Sometimes you can have two players up front who maybe. You know, Mark Hughes wasn't the greatest goal scorer in the world, but you're a better team within them, maybe somebody that you can't hit or you can't play off. You know, there are teams that are better who don't have what would be that natural goal scorer. Cristiano's just become a natural goal scorer. Plays within the width of the box. Eric Ten Hag doesn't want to play that way. He's no, but whatever we no, say about Ronaldo, he certainly feels whatever's gone on, he's been unfairly treated. And when you get that as a senior pro, then it's like almost that justified anger. He is going to react that way. But he's got flaws like everybody else. But he, he can't, can't react that way, Roy. He can't react that way. That's you have a choice, choice, choice to make at the end of your career. If you've been a great player, which he obviously has, do you accept coming out of the team, playing 25, 30 games a season, or do you have to leave and play somewhere 40 games a season that aren't as good? So there we go. So just to unpack that slightly, um, Jimmy Floyd Hasselbank and Gary Neville are right. I don't know what Roy Keane's talking about. Yes, Roy Keane is pointing to stats and pointing to what Ronaldo did last season and saying he was in a bad Man United team. It was a bad United team because he was in it. Before Ronaldo even arrived, we'd made a decent start to the season. This was a team that finished second in the league the season before and added Varane, Sancho and Ronaldo to the team. Now, we can see that Varane is still a top-quality centre-back when he's fit. His fitness is his main concern. Sancho hasn't fit into the team. Maybe stylistically, it's looking like Man United might not be a great fit for him, but there's still time. He's still young. We're still only a year and a few months into his Manchester United deal. But Cristiano Ronaldo, it's clear. Results are worse when he plays. For Jimmy Floyd Hasselbank to say that you need to be able to carry him. That's correct. That's what Juve players were saying, that we needed to carry him. And he's saying that Man United aren't necessarily good enough to carry him. I don't agree with that. I just think the game has stylistically changed, whereas before you could have a Jimmy Floyd Hasselbank type up top who didn't run too much, didn't offer you too much other than goals, which is what Hasselbank was saying he was. And the game has changed stylistically in terms of these metrics and analytics where you're looking at pressing stats and you're looking at a lot of people playing this type of way and with um, kilometres per game being a vital stat that is analysed by everybody at the end of games, including managers, it's a different type of game than it was the when Jimmy played. So I, I take away that point, but I don't agree with it. And as for Gary Neville, I think he was being very, very polite, despite the fact that he was the most accurate in his assessment. I think he was being very, very polite in saying Ronaldo is an out-and-out goal scorer. He's not even that anymore. He's just somebody that takes up a space on the pitch. He slows down the play. And when they do create chances for him with balls into the box or, or putting the ball where he wants it, he is not taking those chances anymore. And his statistic is not a goal every two games. And if it was, even if it was, and it's close to that, if he did score a goal every every other every other game, that's not enough in the modern day game for a team who are challenging for the top four. Chelsea are missing that striker that will make them title challengers. Liverpool, they try to sign that striker in Darwin Nunes because they understand the importance of it. Previously, they were getting their goals from a different way with um, Firmino dropping in as the false nine and allowing his wingers to get into the position to score goals, which is why Mane and Salah have cleaned up. That's a stylistic difference. So the out-and-out number nine wasn't as essential to them. In Harry Kane, Tottenham do have that goal scorer. In Erling Haaland, Manchester City have the modern-day striker who will score every game, much like Ronaldo used to. 
much like Messi used to, much like Lewandowski does, much like Kylian Mbappe does. So to score one every two games, yeah, that was okay in, in Roy's day, but it isn't now. And Ronaldo doesn't do that anyway. And also he takes goals away from the rest of the team. And frankly, I'm sick about I'm sick of talking about him. I'm sick of dedicating large chunks of the show to him because we have made a solid start to the season. We are looking like we are heading in the right direction. We've beaten three teams who are challenging for the top four and just held another one away from home in a game where Manchester United were dominant for large periods. That was a good result against Chelsea. The team looked like they're together. You can see that from the goal celebration. In Lissandro Martinez, we've signed one of the nastiest centre-backs in the world and his quality as well. The height thing all of a sudden isn't being talked about. And if it was, you'd find that he wins 83% of his aerial duels, which is number one in the EPL. Not bad for a five foot eight midget. But we're not talking about any of this. Talking about Ronaldo again. And I'm sick of it. We shouldn't be. And uh, I too love Ronaldo. And um, I also want him out of the club ASAP. January can't come soon enough. Um, Hopefully after the World Cup, we aren't talking about Cristiano Ronaldo anymore. Because hopefully Cristiano Ronaldo is playing his football somewhere else that isn't Manchester United Football Club. Before we move on to looking at tomorrow's game against West Ham, let me take this time out to tell you guys about Winbet. Are you ready to win money and boost your odds? WinBet is now live in Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Louisiana, Michigan, New Jersey, New York, Tennessee, and Virginia. We're bringing the excitement of Win Las Vegas to online sports betting and casino play. Exclusive rewards are right at your fingertips with Win Rewards on WinBet. WinBet offers you great promos, odds, and payouts, and they're happening right now at WinBet from boosted same-day parlays to live in-game odds on every major sport. WinBet has what you need to win. Ready to play? Sign up today to receive your special offer. Bet $100, win $100. There's so much to choose from. All you have to do is head over to sportsgallonpockets.com slash WinBet so they know we sent you. That's sportsgallonpockets.com slash W-Y-N-N-B-E-T to claim your free bet today. Now, that offer is subject to change terms and conditions at winbet.com. You must be 21 or older and present in the state where play through WinBet is available. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, call one 800 522 Let me also take this time out to tell you about the Sports Gambling Podcast YouTube channel because the Sports Gambling Podcast is giving you a chance to win your choice of either an autographed Lawrence Taylor or autographed Brian Dawkins jersey. The contest is completely free to enter. Subscribe to youtube.com slash sports gambling podcast. Comment on a video. Each video is a new chance to win and turn your notifications on so you don't miss SGP contacting you when they pull the winner. So we move on to this game between Manchester United and West Ham tomorrow afternoon. Manchester United are the 7-10 to favourites on the money line to win this game. It's 29-10 to on the draw and it's 4-1 to on West Ham. When West Ham come to Man United, they don't really do very well. I mean, and I'm not talking about that in a footballing sense because they have given us a game a few times. But in the end, the result has a tendency to go against West Ham and I see it being the same tomorrow. Manchester United have won 10 of their 14 games in all competitions and beaten in seven, while West Ham have lost four of their six Premier League away games this season and have won just once. West Ham historically over the years have also had a very, very poor record against the top six, especially travelling to the top six. 
And I just feel this is a type of game that Manchester United should be winning. I do expect it to be a tight and cagey affair. Uh, David Moyes' teams like to come in and sit in against the top six. We watched a very, very dull game last season. I was at that game where Marcus Rashford had to score an injury time winner in a game that did not offer up a lot of chances because West Ham did come with the sole purpose to sit in and possibly take a point or possibly steal the game on the counter-attack. I don't see anything changing here. I see West Ham playing exactly the same way. At the same time, Manchester United are a team who aren't scoring a load of goals on Thursday. That was the first time this season that Man United have actually scored more than two goals in a game. So when you're looking at tactics and you're looking at how this game will play out, it makes it difficult to look past the under here. I do think this game will feature under two and a half goals with a potentially goalless first half, because as I said, I do think that West Ham will come in here and sit in and uh, it'll be Manchester United looking for the breakthrough, while West Ham will be looking to nick a goal at the other end of the pitch. Under two and a half goals is actually available here at plus money at 11 to 10. And the under 2.75, where you get half your money back if there are three goals, but it's a full loss if there are four, that's your 50-50 line here for this game. That one's juiced at 5-6, to six, minus 120. And I think that would be the play here for me, giving me a little bit of protection if we do see three goals. But I don't see three goals in this game. I see Man United getting the breakthrough much like they did last season. I see it almost being similar to the game that we had against Newcastle where it finished 0-0. Hopefully this one doesn't finish 0-0 and hopefully we do get some decisions going for us in this game. Ultimately, I don't want us to be relying on decisions. I want us to find the breakthrough in open play. But my main point essentially was that we were very, very unlucky not to win that game. Aside from not being given stuff, Marcus Rashford missed what was essentially an open goal towards the end of the game, a clear free header. And then Fred actually, prior to that, did miss an open goal when Rashford squared it across to him. So we should have won that game. I think we'll take our chances here. I don't think there'll be many, but I think there'll be enough to pick up the win. My main lean to this game are under 2.75 goals. And I also like Man United with the under four and a half goals tacked in here. I think that'll be a relatively safe play. I don't think this game will get anywhere near five goals. So that's it for me and this episode of Bet MUFC. I'll be back in in midweek to talk about what Man United need to do to win their Europa League group. Until then, good luck with all of your bets as always and thanks for listening.